Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meet Social and Emotional Learning Podcast for Brain Fact Friday and episode number 117. Since we just released the groundbreaking interview with Dr. Rady on the impact of exercise and nutrition on the brain, I wanted to focus today's episode on something that he said that caught my attention. Since last week's Brain Fact Friday was about building a faster, stronger, resilient brain by understanding brain-derived neurotrophic factor, BDNF, or the compound that Dr. Rady says is crucial for preventing cognitive decline and Alzheimer's disease, I wanted to focus this episode on something Dr. Rady said that really made me think. He said, did you know that high glucose levels are toxic to the brain and limits the production of this glorious compound BDNF that has such a profound effect on cognition and well-being? I remember a powerful quote from a bonus episode I did for Podbean's Wellness Week that goes right along with what Dr. Rady said, and it came from Dr. David Perlmuter, who wrote the foreword to Dr. Rady's book, Go Wild. I wrote in this bonus episode after watching Dr. Perlmuter's Alzheimer's, the Science of Prevention series, did you know that sugar in the brain looks like Alzheimer's in the brain and that 60% of cognitive decline is related to how you handle blood sugar? There was a study that followed over 5,000 people over 10 years and found that people with higher blood sugar had a faster rate of cognitive decline than those with normal blood sugar, whether or not their blood sugar level technically made them diabetic. In other words, the higher the blood sugar, the faster the cognitive decline. So when Dr. Rady said that high glucose levels are toxic to the brain, I thought back to this study and wellness episode and thought we could take a closer look at how our glucose levels increase with tips for healthy ways to keep our blood levels stable. I'm sure we all know that sugar is bad news for our brain, our body, and that sugar, a class of molecules called carbohydrates, will give us a rush of energy at first, but will make us hungry a few hours later. Now to think that it limits the production of this key protein we all know is important for anti-aging and Alzheimer's prevention. Imagine that you have half the equation right. You're exercising, watching what you eat, and allowing some treats in moderation. This would be the perfect way to live your life, according to Dr. Rady. But I started to wonder, what are some ways we could unknowingly be raising our glucose levels and preventing the production of this powerful BDNF protein? Other than eating a bunch of sugar, are there any other things I could be doing that could possibly be raising my glucose levels without me even knowing it? Until I heard Dr. Rady talking about how damaging sugar was to our brain, I hadn't spent much time thinking about this, or at least not lately. We don't have to be diabetic to be aware of our blood sugar or glucose levels. I mentioned in one of my earlier episodes that it was a visit to a foot doctor around 2005 for foot numbness after exercise that got me to eliminate sugar completely from my diet back then. I was looking for solutions to why I couldn't feel the top of my foot during exercise, and I didn't show any signs of diabetes, but this doctor was writing a book that's now released called Sugar Crush, 
how to reduce inflammation, reverse nerve damage, and reclaim good health. And he was convinced that sugar intake was at the root of most health problems. He suggested that I take fish oil and learn to avoid higher glycemic foods, and the results that occurred were so impactful that I wish I had done this sooner. The benefits of cutting out sugar from my diet back then snowballed my health for the better down the road. But here I am 16 years later and not suggesting an elimination diet unless you want to fix something like I did, but knowledge is power. I think being more aware of the impact that sugar or glucose has on our brain will help us to all make better, healthier decisions for ourselves and our families. But first, what exactly does sugar do to the brain? When the sugary treat that you're eating, a bit of chocolate, a cookie, or cake, hits your tongue, your cerebral cortex registers the taste as sweet versus bitter or salty. Next, the brain's reward system is activated, and this part of the brain that loves the sugar you just ate lights up. The neurotransmitter dopamine, part of the reward system, is released, and your body begins to produce more chemicals like insulin to offset the sugar. You can either have just a little bit and not create much damage to your brain, which is why I think it's totally okay to have a few bites of whatever sugary treat you like. Chocolate is something I personally love to eat, even though my foot doctor would probably not be happy to hear this. But for some reason, if you can't take just a few bites and your brain is telling you to eat more, then you'll find it difficult to stop eating the treat and it will damage your brain and body like Dr. Rady explained. So what else spikes our blood sugar? I had no idea there were so many other ways that can increase glucose in our brain. Did you know about these other things that can spike your blood sugar? According to an article on cdc.gov, sunburn, artificial sweeteners, coffee, not enough sleep, dehydration, and gum disease all spike your blood sugar levels. Well, what lowers our blood sugar? We all know that movement and exercise lowers blood sugar, and I'm sure we could all guess that managing our carb intake also helps to reduce blood sugar levels and prevent blood sugar spikes since carbohydrates are mostly glucose. But did you know that increasing your fiber intake improves the body's ability to regulate blood sugar or that drinking water and staying hydrated lowers blood sugar levels? I've included all the links to the research I did on this topic in the show notes if you want to dive a bit deeper into the damaging effects of sugar on the brain, but I think we've made a clear case for thinking hard about the next sugary treat we eat or we buy for our families at the grocery store. I hope this brain fact inspired by Dr. Rady has made you think. If you haven't listened to his episode number 116 yet, Go back and listen to it and stay tuned for next week where I'll dive a bit deeper into his books. We only scratched the surface in our interview together and there's so much more to uncover. I look forward to sharing this with you. See you next week. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com.